Well, we are officially ending our second book together as a church. Oh, that's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> oh, I think it's a, a great day when we can, you know, come together and, and gather together and gather before the Lord and, and sing to Him and, and just come to the Word of the Lord. You know, we can, here we can, we can learn from Him and we can, you know, in this put our full weight upon Him because we can, we can see, you know, who He is and how, how worthy He is to, you know, open the scroll and that, you know, He is the one that makes all things new. As I was thinking upon uh, the subject before us today, I was I was really kind of thinking about you know, the the tools we use, right? And we all we all use tools, you know, whether it's hammers, um, phones. I guess my phone's over there. Uh, you know, we don't think of that as a tool, right? That's more of a toy now, I guess. Um, but it is a tool, you know. Uh, computers, planes, and trains. You know, all all these things were built uh, with a purpose in mind. You know, a hammer is to place nails in, in wood. A, a phone is, is mostly used to text or Facebook. Uh, they do make phone calls still. It's really cool. I, I do it from time to time. <laughs> it, you can tell your age by if you call people or not, right? I, I, still, I still call people. <laughs> so, but um, we mostly text now, nowadays. You know, we use uh, computers to write term papers. Uh, they're coming for you, Toby. So they're they're already here, right? Um, but you know, we we write you know term papers. We write emails, and we use planes to uh, to travel, and we use trains to mostly haul cargo. Uh, you know, we we can put something else in that in that place here in the physical world. You know, maybe it does a better job, costs less to make, and is easier to use in in some of those areas. But when it comes to uh, spiritual matters there's there's one that remains you know, there's there's a true one that remains and he remains forever and in the here and now you know it, it, this all of this truth that we've seen throughout Jude has been handed down to us has been delivered to us and it is the most holy faith you know, we are to, you know, keep ourselves in the love of God and build up upon this foundation of the prophets and apostles with the cornerstone in its place. That's where Jesus is. Now, if you think for a moment with me, think about this. What if we put something else in that place? You know, in the place of Jesus, we put a great leader, maybe a leader of charisma, and we think it will work. You know, we're, you know, we might. Well, that's kind of odd to think about it like that. But you know, cults do that, nations do that. You know, in a place, in the place of Jesus, we put you know maybe morals, work, and good deeds, and think it will work. You know, we put it in the place of the cornerstone. We think it will take the weight, but it will not. But this is, in fact, what religions do. They put that in the place of Christ. And again, yet in the place of Jesus, we put science or humanity, created order and reason. We put it within the place of Jesus and we think it will work. 
you know, might seem odd, but there again is naturalism. Secular humanism and even the rationalist does this. You know, there is only, only one who can and will and who is able to be the cornerstone. You know, it is him who we can fully trust and him who we can fully rest all of our weight of our lives and our sin upon. Now let's uh, start with a word of prayer. Uh, Father God, we, we thank you for today. We thank you that we can just come together, that we can gather before you and sing, that we can learn from your word. And I thank you for the tiny little book of Jude, but just the most powerful, potent little book you can think about. Lord, help us just be pierced by your word. Help us to know whom is able and to point others to him. And it's in the name of Jesus, the one who is able and worthy, that we pray in the, his name. Amen. Well, you know, as I said before, we, we end the book of Jude today with uh, verses 24 and 25. Um, and go ahead and uh, turn if you're in your Bibles there with me if you haven't already. Uh, Jude ends his letter with these words. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now forever. Amen. You know, today we get to see him who is able. You know, today we, we see that he will, he can and will present you blameless. And in this, he is, he is worthy now and forever. Now Jude has addressed us through, throughout uh, the book and has shown us why you know, why we need to contend for the faith. You know, he has informed the saints on, on how to go about contending by being built up and, and staying in the love of God and in the spirit of God. He now points to who is able. Now he says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. You know, what stand, stood out right away to me is it's not us. It's not, it's not humanity. You know, humanity, in fact, is a part of the wreckage. God's people throughout the whole of even the brief history in this small little 25-verse book are the ones that are being misled by the unnoticed and ungodly. So in our struggle and in our doubts, in our failure, we understand that Jesus alone is able to keep us from stumbling. You know, he is the one that helps us in our doubts. He's the one that catches us, even as we talked about the doubters last week. You know, he's the one that helps us in our doubts. He catches us as we fall. And he is able to take the garment that is so stained with sin that believers need to fear it. But he's the one that is able to take it and give us one that is righteous. You know, in and of ourselves, as humanity, we will doubt, will fall, will fail, but our Messiah is able. You know, humanity, 
you know, as, as I feel like I've said this three weeks in a row, but humanity goes after lesser things, right? They don't go, we don't go after God. Humanity goes his own way, but thankfully, but God, right? The coolest two words in the whole Bible, but God comes after us. You know, we see this throughout the entire text of scripture. Uh, please turn in your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 3. I know, we'll just read uh, verse 15. And God says this to the serpent. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. You know, the fall had just happened and the curse in, in this part of of the text of Genesis 3, the curse is just being handed out to humanity. And God says this, an offspring will come. And yes, you, you will wound him, but he will crush you. you know, as we read throughout the entire Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, we see hints, we see promises and prophecy about the Messiah to come. You know, and then it stops. You know, the Old Testament stops and there's, there's 400 years of silence. You know, when you go to Malachi and you switch over to the New Testament, it's just a turn of the page, right? But that, that turn of the page, just, just think, you know, 400 years are in between this. You know, and through that, through that 400 years of silence between those books, God is actually setting the stage for the birth of his son and for his message to go forth. Paul says this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth a son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Now the stage was set and God sent forth his son. You know, the offspring that would crush the enemy came to fulfill the law and came to redeem those that were lost by adopting them. And we see this love even in the tribulation period, even in the book of Revelation, as judgment is coming, God calls humanity to come to him. But John records this. He says, then I saw another flying, another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who have who dwell on the earth to every nation and every tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and the worship and worship him who has made heaven and earth and the seas and the springs of water. Now, even as the day of the Lord approaches, God cries out to all, come to me. Now, this is, this is the love of God that Jude tells us to stay in to fall in love with the Almighty more and more. And we stay here by his might and by his grace. And we, we see that it is actually God's mighty hand that keeps us. So thanks be to the Lord for, you know, we are unable to pull it together. We are unable to fix the problems and we are unable to redeem ourselves 
So we trust in the one who is able. Now Paul says this in Romans, and to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Now for humanity, it comes to whom we rest in. Now do we rest in our idols and in our works and in our systems, or do we rest upon, do we believe upon him who justifies because Jesus alone is able. No religion, no order, no code, no deeds or creeds or isms or, or movements, nothing of that can redeem man and keep them from stumbling and bring them into glory. No one but Jesus the Messiah. Now please turn in your Bibles with me to Second Timothy chapter 2. And Paul states this in verse 13 of the chapter. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Christianity's whole point is this, pointing us to this truth. Man is unable, but the man Jesus Christ is able. He is faithful. He remains faithful. You know, as we walk through some of the Psalms, I think that's the one thing about that really stands out about the Almighty is that He remains, you know, and He indeed is here to rescue us. You know, Jude continues on about what Jesus can do and what He will do. He says this, and to present you blameless before the presence of His glory with great joy. Why, why did God send his son into the world? You know, John records this. For God so loved the, the world that he gave his only son that whomever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You know, he sent him because he loved the world and doesn't want anyone to perish. So he makes the free gift available to the whomsoever will believe. The Gospel of Luke says this, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is well pleased. Now angels sing this as the king comes in the darkest of the night. If God, through the Prince of Peace, offers peace to humanity, there's to be no more hostility between man and God through the man, Christ Jesus. And then the Gospel of John later states this, as Jesus and Pilate are talking. And Pilate said to him, So you are a king. And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Now Jesus came to show us the truth of God. He came to bear witness to the truth, and those of the truth will listen to him alone. For he is the voice of truth. His is the voice of truth. You know, these, these truths are, are amazing. This is, this is Jesus. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. In love, he brings peace. He bears with us truth of our condition and our need. And what really stuck out to me, though, in this, in this verse from Jude is, is, is joy. You know, Jesus came in love 
bringing peace and bearing truth with joy, it says. Oh, and he endured it all, all the cross, all the torment, for the joy set before him. Now, please turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, we read this in verses 1 and 2. Uh, the author says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The author of Hebrew tells us to look, to look upon those that came before. Look at them pointing us to run the race for the Lord, to lay aside everything that will get in the way, and to look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, and what he did for the joy set before him. Now, he endured the cross, he endured the shame, and is now at the right hand of the throne of God. Isaiah says it like this, Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous and shall bear their iniquities. Now, Jesus was and is a willing, joyful servant who came to fulfill the word, came to fulfill the promises of God, the prophecies of God, and to redeem mankind. Jesus is the suffering servant of God who comes to make us new creations. And in this, we are able to stand before him in his glory, blameless, uh, please turn your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In verse, uh, verse 21 at the end of the chapter, Paul states this, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now the righteous one came and hung upon a cross and was, was made sin by God. You know, the very one that had no knowledge of sin did this. He took our place so that all of those that believe upon him the righteousness of God would be imputed or placed upon them. By, by Jesus, we are, we are made righteous. It's not, you know, oh, our sin is taken away. It's not just that. It's that sin is taken away and righteousness is placed upon us. By Jesus, we are justified. You know, we are not seen in our sin and failure, but we are seen by God as Jesus because we are in the Lamb. By Jesus, we are renewed. You know, and here and now, we, we start with our, 
with our thinking and with our living and with our sacrifice. Now, Paul states it this way in the book of Romans. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Jude ends his letter with this. And to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Now it is Jesus who brings us before God. It is our Savior and our Lord whom we trust all the way through it. For he alone is able. Now please turn in your Bibles with me to Philippians chapter 2. And Paul points at Christ here in verses 5 through 11 and states this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every, name, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now Jesus came. He took the form of a servant. He humbled himself and was obedient to even the point of death upon a cross. Now, therefore, the suffering servant is highly exalted, and his name is above all names, and he is worthy of worship and praise. To Jesus be all glory, majesty, and dominion, and authority, Jude says. And right here, the king and the kingdom are pointed to. You know, they are both forever and unable to be destroyed. Now, they are the reality that all of humanity must face. Now, Daniel states, states it this way, And I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the cloud of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days, and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him and his Dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom is one that shall not be destroyed. If the Bible says something three times, it means it's it's true. It's not going anywhere. It's something that all of humanity must face. And the Messiah is given glory and dominion over all. He is given a kingdom that will not pass away. Therefore, this is the line in the sand. 
what do we do with Jesus? That we who have trusted the Messiah await his rule and reign. That's our eager expectations as pilgrims in this world. You know, we will actually give glory to him throughout the ages, it says. Uh, go ahead and turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, we can give glory to him now and we give glory to him throughout the ages. Uh, Paul states this in verses 4 through 7. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show his immeasurable riches of grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Now this is a story that will go on and on. And we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but God made us alive in Christ. By grace, we have been saved, raised, and seated. If that's not eternal, I don't know what is. You know, but it is because we are in the Lamb. You know, and, and in this, he shows his immeasurable riches of grace and kindness towards us here and now and through the coming ages because of what Christ has done. You know, that we would know the old, old story and give him glory forever and in the here and now. You know, for the believer, this is an awesome encouragement. You know, because we know the one we trust is the one who is, is able. You know, when we doubt or we have questions or we fall and fail, we can go to the one who is able and he can keep us. You know, for the unnoticed and ungodly that we've seen through Jude, this is a warning. Wrath is coming and wrath is, is not something to be mocked, but something to live in light of. And for the world as a whole, it is hope. Because the most holy faith is knowable and near. It's, it's right here, you know. And it needs to be handed down. It needs to be taken and, and handed down or, or handed out, you know. You know, as we, as we close Jude, we see that contending for the faith matters because there is a fight worth fighting. You know, truth is worth fighting for because truth tells us reality. You know, the reality is, is that we are fallen sinners, broken and unable and in need of Redeemer. And the truth is, is that the Redeemer has come and the Redeemer has in fact overcome. You know, as we look through the halls of, of history, even in the short little book of Jude, we can see you know, many have tried and many have failed at misleadings, at religions and cults and movements and theories and theologies. All of these things have failed. So to keep ourselves from these things, let us build ourselves up. Build ourselves up in the faith. Let us keep ourselves in the spirit and in prayer. 
you know, and let us keep us keep ourselves there by the might of the one who alone is able. You now, Jesus. You now, even in the church, we must not put programs or pastors or personalities above or in place of the cornerstone, right? Because as as we see, you know, every time I I look at the news, sometimes or read different things that come into my inboxes, we see that leaders fail and fall. Movements mislead. But Jesus is perfect, and he is able. So let us trust him and fully rest in him and go forward in the faith once and for all handed down to the saints. Well, let's, uh, let's close in prayer. Uh, Father God, we, we thank you. Thank you that the truth isn't dependent on me, but it is totally yours. And Lord, that we would just build ourselves up, that we would stay in the love of God, that we would run to the one that is able. I think of the verses saying that the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are saved that we would be with you Lord in the now and in the forever that we are saved and raised and seated in Christ and that we can live that out in the here and now and Father I just thank you for this book thank you for Jude Thank you for the time together uh, today as we sing and come before your word and gather together to fellowship, Lord. And we just uh, thank you for a day that you have made that we can, we can breathe, we can enjoy, and we can just be thankful for everything. And uh, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.